Blue foul. We'll take a shot downfield. And it is held in by Bryce Bubba. What a one-handed catch. Remember that for your highlight show tonight. Brucott to the corner for Carrington. Intercepted. Colorado got it. Witherspoon. With the biggest play in Colorado football for years. This could be a pass. Bryce Bobo down the field for Colorado. Some trickery, Philip Lindsay. Lindsay touchdown buffs. Oliver takes it. Has a big one already. He's got room here. Isaiah Oliver cuts it back. Punter to beat. He does. He'll take it. Touchdown. New foul. Locked and one to the end zone, caught, touchdown Shea Fields. Out the right hand side, ball is fumbled, picked up by Kenneth Olabode, and he runs it in from the six. Touchdown, touchdown Colorado. The defense comes up big again. Welcome into a special Buff Stampede radio in the off season. Uh, we try to catch up with some former buffs, and today I'm joined in Boulder by Nate Bonzu, who of course played defensive tackle at CU from 2009 to 2013. Nate, thanks for uh, joining me here. It's uh, it's nice to see you. Good to catch up with you. No problem, man. Uh, glad you got in contact with me and uh, catch up a little bit. Yeah, so how's life treated you since uh, graduation? Well, it's been uh, a lot of uh, soul searching, just like anybody else after graduation and figuring out what you want to do. First, I was a strength and conditioning coach, love giving back to kids, doing that. And I was doing that in preparation, go to law school, applied to a whole bunch of schools, got into a few good ones, but not really the ones I wanted to go to. Um, and that whole time I was working on that, I had my business on the side that I was doing, but not fully committed and not getting into those schools I wanted to get into. Um, gave me the opportunity to be like, well, let me go see what this is like. And then that's been going on for about six, seven months now, man. And business is going real well. It's on a small scale, but I'm busy every day, 15-hour days. But you're working for yourself, so it's good. And um, I'm loving what I'm doing and getting to help people get healthy with their meals. I do meal prep and planning. That's my business. So um, it's going well. Just trying to keep on working hard with that. And uh, got some other things in the works to help it uh, go a little bigger. Nice, nice. It's called Meals by Bonzu. Yes, sir. Meals by Bonzu, I know. Most of my teammates and then people like Dave Platt and everybody else, they kind of knew I cooked from even from when I first came out. It was um, in your bio back when you yeah, were Yeah, it was in my bio, yeah. so you know what I mean? So I was always that way. Actually, I had a scholarship to go to culinary school out of high school, but obviously I was uh, trying to be a buff first yeah. and foremost. And then, you know, the NFL dream. Um, but, yeah, really just like what happens to most people after college, you know, life comes full circle and hopefully, you know, you end up doing something you love to do. And, um, get an opportunity to do that, so I'm definitely blessed. You do a good job of putting up photos of the, the food you're, you're cooking on Facebook. I gotta admit, I get hungry every time I look at that I'm stuff. I'm glad you do, man. <laughs> a lot of people are getting hungry, so I'm just trying to feed them. Wait, do you have a specialty, or it seems you're pretty like you're pretty diverse? Yeah, I'm, I just try to be diverse. You know, um, one of the biggest things that people run into with eating healthy um, is not having enough variety, variety or, or flavors getting boring, so I really try to Focus on doing a lot of flavors, but then getting everybody the lean protein they need in different forms. So 
just trying to always uh, change it up and do something a little exciting. That makes cooking fun. You know, you got to do the same thing every day. Kind of gets more. Awesome. Uh, and you're back in Allen, Texas. Is that yes, correct? Yes, sir. I'm in Allen, Texas. Um, love the Dallas area. It's growing, growing big time. I heard a lot of people saying that Denver's like the the small, smaller Dallas area now because it's growing just like it is back home. But yeah, it's growing big time. Um, like I said, I was a uh, really plan on being in law school, so kind of shifted all that, and I'm out here, so I'm really working hard, trying to get a little better footage there, um, but it's good to have a lot of connections in that area, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so that's making uh, things go well. Awesome. Well, I wanted to kind of take a trip down memory lane with you. Uh, mm -hmm. Going back to, to high school at Allen High School, uh, your three-year letterman, you enjoy a 38-4 and record, uh, win a state championship your senior year district championship your sophomore and junior seasons and obviously football is a huge deal in Allen, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys have better facilities than a lot of colleges do. Yes, sir. Uh, what was it like uh, playing uh, high school football in an area where people are so rabid about it? Um, was a great thing um, back when you know we had our meager beginnings when I was still there and we didn't have the big 60 billion dollar stadium that we so had. So you were now. before that? Yeah okay. I mean uh, once we won our state championship, um, it was, it only took about a month and a half before they passed it for the first time in history. So, I mean, you can call that a coincidence if you want, but it had a lot to do with that. But honestly, it's something that the community needed. If you go to those games, you see those games, they're always filled up. Um, people love the Eagles, you know. Like I tell people all the time, just a story about growing up in Allen, like the little kids, when you go speak to elementary schools and stuff like that, they'll tell you they want to be an Allen Eagle before they tell you they want to be anything else. So that and you're in the middle of Texas, so that'll tell you a lot about how people in Allen feel about the Eagles. You know that tells you a little bit. Um, but really, it's just a blessing. You get, like you said, our facilities are better than any JUCO I've ever seen. A lot of D2, D3 schools, and a lot of D1 schools will be um, in a dead tie for the stuff that that those kids are privileged to have. Um, and then really just the environment that you get. You know, we always took film seriously, working out, working out in the summer. We really did a lot of things. That, that translated to college. That's why um, me and coming here to see you, I played as a freshman, and then um, the track record goes back as a, a lot of guys that come out of that Allen pipeline that play as freshmen, and we got a lot of guys in the league now. So it really prepares you uh, from the very beginning. How much hard work it takes to be on a level to compete against the best, and then you know just having that standard, you always got to win. So it's just like you know they're trying to bring back to see you. We got that in Allen. So you know if you're not successful. You know, or, or somebody's going to tell you. So you always got that in your back of your head trying to be the best you can be. So that definitely um, ties in the whole feeling of Allen and the pride that comes behind it. Friday Night Lights wasn't about Allen, Texas, but it was about Texas high school football. Now it's a movie, so they exaggerate a few things. Yeah. Did you watch that and kind of go, okay, yeah, it was kind of like that at, at Allen? Oh, yeah, I mean, the funny thing is most people in Texas would think that uh, Friday Night Lights was a great um, football movie. If you ask me, is remember the title? That's the best. Okay. But I mean, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, I know Carter. Um, Carter High had theirs a couple years ago. So you know, from that story to you know, you're really telling different stories because every team is different, but you're telling the same story. Is that passion behind people trying to win the Texas State Championship? Because when you win that, you know, that's a good thing to have on your resume because you really got to go through it. Um, so I sometimes when they say college 
college guys can't play a couple more games, I'm like, yeah, you can because we play 16 in high school. So, I mean, throw a couple more games on, it'll be all right. I'm guessing you signed your first autograph before you got to see you? <laughs> yeah, man, a couple, you know, just at the little elementary schools, like I said, man, they, they, they love their Allen Eagles, so they definitely want to aspire to be one of those before they even think about doing anything else. Awesome. Well, you were a three-star recruit, and you had a lot of offers. Uh, you chose CU over, I think, a dozen or so other FBS programs, Arizona, Georgia Tech, Louisville, TCU, Utah, Washington State, some of the other schools. What do you remember thinking back to the recruiting process? I mean, I just remember uh, uh, really lying, relying a lot on my coaches and the coaches that have That's the other thing I give a lot of them credit for is if you got the talent and you got the work, um, they're definitely going to get behind you and, tr and help you. Um, my situation is, which is kind of seems, you know, far-fetched when most of the parents you see around big recruits or recruits that are definitely going to go to college, you see their parents around. My parents care for me. They loved all us, but they didn't really know how to navigate that venue. So if I didn't have my coaches to lean back on, you know, that would have been a lot harder than it ended up be, being. But like you said, I had a lot of offers, um, and then really I just came to Boulder, fell in love with it, you know, fell in love with have an opportunity to bring it back. And, you know, obviously in retrospect, we had some tough times here, but I think that I never regret coming here. I love Boulder. I love to come to Boulder. I love the people in Boulder. I love what Boulder represents. Um, I love how they're getting behind the team and really representing them because um, and really, you know, supporting them because that's going to help continue to rise. And just, just good to see, you know, see you football back. And that's what every day you get up and grind early. Um, having to deal with three culture changes, all those type of things, you know, you wanted to see the Buffs doing well. So the fact that that's going on right now is I'm a happy man. Did you end up taking official visits anywhere else? Yeah, I took a few different ones. Took one to TCU, took one to Arizona. Um, but, yeah, just love Boulder. Uh, this is the place. As a kid growing up in Allen, is there any pressure around to stay in state? Yeah, I guess there would be. Um, I just was the type of person that always wanted to get out of the box. Um, and once I came here and experienced something so different than what I know, what I knew and the people and, and the, uh, the administration and this Boulder in general and the opportunity to get a really good education, which is, was always important to me, um, that just made an easy choice. If you hadn't ended up at CU, where do, where do you think you would have, what was kind of the backup plan for you? I mean, a lot of backup plans, but you know, I was, I'm a man of faith and I think everything happens for a reason. So all those backup plans didn't end up working out for one or two other reasons. And so I'm just happy I went to Boulder. What was the assistant coach that recruited you to Boulder? I was a uh, Romeo Bannison, um, Coach Ron Collins. I talked to everybody, Coach Hawk. Um, they all came to, out to Dallas to meet me and my family. So they were definitely involved, and I still keep in contact with with those guys every now and then. Okay. You know, get to see him, especially Coach Bannison. He's doing well. So um, really, just all those guys. They uh, my. Uh, you know, they made a little impact when my parents still to this day, you know, they ask about them how they're doing, so. Where is uh, Romeo Bannister nowadays? I mean, I think he was in, I think he's in Seattle, and he's been hopping around, you know, he's taking care of his kids. He was okay. coaching in Europe, I think, for a little while. And then now I think he's uh, coaching guys in the States and training people. Okay. So I'm not exactly sure, but I know he's doing well. Do you happen to remember the moment when you saw or heard something about CU where it kind of sunk in that this is where you, where you wanted to be? I mean, really just coming here and learning a lot about it. You know, I wasn't in the age group to really know that much about Colorado. Like, even my older brothers knew more about it than me. Um, obviously, in Texas, and when you go to school like Allen, um, you really want to focus and trying to win state. I and mean, that's what applies to really why we can achieve that because you are so focused. 
I mean, so besides the Texas teams, you really got to take the opportunity to learn about the other teams, which is the cool part of the uh, recruiting process. So I learned a lot through coming here and, um, and you know, everything they showed us on our recruiting trips and getting to walk around and meet the people and then seeing all the history of, uh, of the great uh, um, Big 12 teams and Big 8. And um, so that's really how I learned everything. Okay. I looked back at a phone interview I did with you mm -hmm. right before you enrolled at CU in May of 2009, and you talked a lot about your ac academic aspirations. In fact, that was kind of what you kept going back to throughout the interview. And I mean, I think for a lot of incoming freshmen, they're going to talk about academics, but for a lot of them, honestly, it's going to be lip service more than anything. Mm -hmm. But uh, you followed through. You were a first-team all-conference academic member. Uh, you were CU's 2013 nomination for the National Football Foundation Scholarship Athlete Award and uh, were named to the prestigious Hampshire Society list. What do you attribute your, your work ethic to in the classroom to? Really, man, just the goal to achieve something better. Like, uh, I mean, just going back to my history, man, I'm a first-generation uh, Ghanaian-American. My parents are from Ghana. They moved here. You know, they lived a simple life. We didn't have much money. We didn't have much at all. But we always found a way through faith and my mom's hard work. Um, so it really just comes from that, trying to uh, reach something better. Always knowing that grades were important. I had, was able enough to have the wisdom to learn from people around me that were older than me and their mistakes and things that my brothers and them did and how to get there and make sure that you're ready to college and all the things that go into that. And then really just getting a lot of help from everybody around me. Um, so that really motivated me to get it done because I knew that my parents weren't going to have the ability to send me to school. And so I just wanted to make sure I had the best grades I could. Um, to achieve that and I also think knowledge is power. Uh, the more you know, um, the more you can do and if you stop learning, man, I think you're kind of wasting your own time. Good stuff. You, you earned an entrepreneurship uh, certificate mm -hmm. uh, from CU's Lead School of Business and correct me if I'm wrong here, I think you earned a couple of degrees while you're here and you also learned to speak Arabic, is that correct? Yeah, man, so I learned a lot, man. Like I tell you, I was joking around uh, when people get the update on me now, especially since I told you the trek I was on. You know, I want to go to law school, maybe do international law, business law, um, maybe be a politician, and now I'm doing something. It seems like it's totally different, but it's not. Like you said, I really learned a lot doing the entrepreneurial classes at CU. It really motivated me and taught me a lot of the basics of starting a business and what kind of things to look at. And that really had a lot more impact than I would even tell you at the end of graduation. Um, just the maturation from then to now, um, that helped me a lot to develop that entrepreneurial mindset that I always had and then it make it come out more. So I really pay a lot of, attribute a lot to those courses that I took, you know, really gave me the mindset since I learned from our teachers that were CEOs running their own businesses. So it really gave you a lot of confidence to feel like you could start something. And then uh, in terms of football at CU, you mentioned you come in and play as a true freshman um, and saw action in all 12 games that, that first year. What was that experience like? I know you were probably more ready for it than the average mm -hmm. freshman just because of your, we talked about your, your history at Allen and how big a deal that is there. But still, I mean, this is, at the time, what, Big 12 football? Yeah, it was Big 12 football. quite a lot of big games, including Texas at UT. Um, we had a lot of young guys on that team that really made an impact, like Nick Costa and uh, Forrest West. Um, for all the uh, CU fans, I remember those guys and a lot of other guys on the, on the squad too. I'm just specifically talking about the defensive line. We had a few guys that were freshmen that were making a contribution that year, so that kind of helped. And really just really just wanting to play. That was another thing I didn't mention. Another reason why I wanted to go, wanted to go come here is because I feel like 
if I knew if I worked hard, I had a, whatever opportunity to play, and fortunately, I was able to do that. So that uh, winter, then after the the true freshman season, I believe you suffered your first injury uh, mm -hmm. uh, during winter conditioning, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough injury, man. Like I said, coming off a pretty good year. The season was disappointing, but, you know, we had some hope. And then, um, especially as a freshman, you're just happy that you're able to make it through the season and contribute and look to getting better than off season. And actually, the first offseason workout, we're doing some drills and um, accidentally tore a lot of stuff in my knee. <laughs> so that kind of set me back, you know, coming to the next season. I was always trying to figure out if it was good enough to go. And then that kind of started a, a slide where I would always get a lot of injuries. But honestly, it just hit me with a lot of adversity and taught me how to keep working and through all the coaching change and stuff and, uh, and different opinions. You just always find a way to keep fighting. And I was able to make it through. And then I feel like I'm a little part of what's going on now because I got to experience the the last change that's really bringing a lot of yeah, positivity yeah. to this. So Yeah, I, I want to get your thoughts on that a little bit. Uh, you know, just first off, in 2010, because of the injury, you redshirt. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you would prefer not to redshirt because of an injury, yeah, but exactly. did that help you academically, having yeah, that extra year? It did help me academically, um, and then it really just uh, it just really just helped me prepare for what was coming in turn, because at the time, I didn't know that that was my first injury. Leading on to that, I can recover from that. Then I tear my leg room. Then I go through a lot of other injuries in my past and coming up in the future that I would never expect. So if I looked at it at anything positive, it taught me how to fight and had the mindset to get through all the other things I had to after that point. 2011, transition from Dan Hawkins and Romeo Bannison as your coaches to John Embry and Mike Tuiasasopo. Uh, Obviously, we know that two-year coaching tenure did not result in a lot of wins for the Buffs. What, from your eyes, went, went wrong there? I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily just anything just superly went wrong. I just think that there's a lot of miscommunication um, when it comes to just sometimes how they approach some of the older players because um, you might want to get younger guys in, but those young guys aren't so experienced. So kind of if they're not so prepared to win, you know, you're going to struggle. We had a lot of great guys that played as freshmen, uh, one of them named Ken Crowley, you know what I mean? Um, when uh, Chidera first came, he was playing, you know, we had a lot of talented guys, but when you try to put a lot of pressure on those guys to make plays at a young age, you know, it's going to affect the team. Um, so I feel like that that played a big role. And then just, you got to win, man. I mean, it's, it's easy to say, um, you know, we all we all were in this together, and we all are working as hard as we can. But you got to win, man. We're a big time program. That's why everybody's so motivated now in Colorado because we're winning. You know, I mean, that's what we know. So I just feel like, you know, some of that just goes to you ain't winning. You know, what I mean, we can we can say point it to anything you want, but <laughs> you got to get some W's, man. So I hope the the boys can continue to work hard and get those. Awesome and. Uh... You have postseason shoulder surgery, come back in 2012, start five games that year. Again, ankle injury that season. Injuries, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, at that point, are you thinking I'm cursed? I mean, yeah, no, no, I'm probably – because anybody can tell you, man, I'm probably uh, Mr. Optimism, so I never got too down on any situation. And then really just because, I mean, honestly, getting hurt and playing big-time college ball and, and all the fight you got to get through, it really reveals – how much you love football and how much you love the sport, how much you love your teammates and you want to get back on the field because that's what it takes. Every single injury, especially when you get knocked back. And, you know, I wasn't the only guy that was going through all that stuff. It's really just the story of a college athlete in general, man. There's a lot of guys 
that get hurt and never get opportunity. A lot of people that had the opportunity with a lot of talent and they get hurt. Um, and then people that can make it, you know what I mean? People that get hurt in college and, you know, they, they stay healthy in the next um, in the next phase. So it's all about, you know, really taking advantage of the opportunities, which I try to do. So You doing okay physically now? Or? Yeah, I'm doing okay, man. I got nagging stuff. Like I said, that meniscus injury from uh, freshman year, man, it really, really hurt my knees. So I got like 40-year-old knees that hold. Um, so I really try to uh, stay in shape and do a lot of physical therapy stuff on my uh, – on my lower body so I can keep that strong. I mean, yeah, man, just really trying to uh, stay healthy. Awesome. Uh, another coaching change, in comes Mike McIntyre and Jim Jeffcoat as your new coaches. Uh, you, know, you know, how challenging was it to have three different position coaches throughout your career? I would say it's a, uh, it's, it was challenging. I would, I would say other than that, because especially when you get the D-line and when you get past the 3-4 and the 4-3 schemes, I mean, terminology and actual terms they use to, you know, to tell you what to do or it might be a little bit different and how a coach works, which you might be a little different. But, I mean, the same concepts apply, you know, extension, feet, um, hips, using your hands, everything applies as a defense lineman or whatever system. So that wasn't too hard. I think the hardest thing as a college athlete to do is have three different strength coaches because it's underestimated how much time you actually spend with the strength coach. You probably spend more time with the strength coach than any other coach other than your position coach on the whole entire staff. So having three guys and they all having three philosophies and all having um, three ways to go about things, um, that was probably the toughest thing. But really, if you just went in there and worked hard, man, uh, you can make a strength coach happy. <laughs> yeah. Your perseverance pays off, and you played the most snaps of your college career as a redshirt senior in 2013. Uh, when you think back to your football career with the Buffs, what, what are your favorite moments? What would really stands out? I mean, really just, really just fighting hard, man. Um, the Georgia game my sophomore year, um, that was a big game. Um, a whole bunch of big games uh, at, that I remember as a freshman because of, you know, of being able to play and, and really working hard to do that. And then that whole senior year, man, uh, starting it off uh, pretty hot and then the big flood of my senior year, man, and getting connected with the community, that was a big time. And then really just that whole season, man, it didn't end up working out the way we wanted it to go. But I was just proud of all those seniors, man, that all the stuff that we've been through and we fought through, man, we tried to be um, leaders as, mu as much as we could and really just, um, you know, really just be optimistic that having, even though this is the third coaching change and everybody and people could be down on it and everything, it's really being positive about the future. And I'm just happy that it's really working out. Yeah, it took a few years for McIntyre and his staff to, to really fully turn things around. Uh, when you were with him that first year, did you sense anything? Did you sense this was potentially going to be a Pac-12 South champion in year four under the staff? I mean, I knew it was going to take some time, but I'm really not surprised at all. He got a good staff, man. It took him a while to get all his guys and, and get that program implemented. But I know from day one, man, he was all about accountability, about guys going out there and working their hardest. I mean... And then just having all that coaching experience with him and his father and, and coaching in the league, coaching um, in college and turning around that San Jose State program, like you knew that he was about his business and, and really just letting the, doing as much as he could to change the culture here and, and, and get the guys to think that they could win. That's the only thing I would say is that a lot of times when we were playing, um, I wouldn't necessarily say everybody just thought we could beat anybody. You know what I mean? That starts with it. You know what I mean? No matter what anybody wants to tell you, if you really go out there and believe that you can beat anybody, you feel like you and you are justified by feeling that way because of the hard work that you put in and your teammates put in, then you have a lot more confidence 
um, and you see that now. Because I don't really think talent was too much of a problem, man. People can go back in the rosters and check a lot of guys making a lot of plays and got some Super Bowl rings um, from those years. So I don't ever really think that was an issue. Just really, you know, going out there with that winning mindset. And I'm glad those guys got it now, and I know the coaches are nonstop trying to make sure that continues. So I think it will. Mike McIntosh for spring. I remember there were periods where you guys were practicing to celebrate and enjoy football again. Yeah. Was that necessary? Were you guys that broken? Yeah, yeah, it was necessary. I mean, let's just be honest, man. You're having three coaches in five years, and that's the head coaches, and you got three position coaches, and you got three strength coaches, and you got so much other turmoil going around. And, um, and you know, a lot of you really never got that, that, founda that foundation, you know, actually set. You know, you start laying it down, and you blow it away. And you got to bring in the next crew. So I think it's expected for anybody, man. We're all 17 to 23-year-old guys and having to deal with all that change, man. And, you know, when you lose something, you can have a lot of negativity. Um, so I really think you got to do those things, man. you got to change the culture. That's how you do it the fastest. You know, have them change whatever culture you have into a winning culture when you get guys to believe that they can win. And you can see that happening. Were you able to watch some of the Buffs games last season, and, and were you able to take pride in it? It sounds mm -hmm. like you had kind of alluded to that earlier. Yeah, I really do take pride in it, man. And I've been catching them since the, you know, since the first games I graduated. Um, it took, a, like I said, it took a little time, a little patience, man. I'm glad that uh, that the AD and the administration had some time to give Coach Mack and give him some time in the staff and um, to really develop it and win. And all those guys paid off for him, man. All the guys that were freshmen when I was coming in, like Sefo and Josh Tupo and Samson and Kufavalu and all those guys, man. I was just proud to see them winning because they saw the difference. And Bobo and all the rest of the guys, man, they, they saw uh, what they didn't want um, and um, what they saw the guys that were older than them and how they left, and they knew they didn't want to lead that way. So I think, you know, just knowing that, that's why they were able to get it done fast. You know, people say four years, like, like that's not that fast, man. But when you're coming from where we were and, and all the instability, man, that's, that really is a fast turnaround, man. A lot of people can be impatient, but I, mean, I think they did a great job. And I catch all the games, went, drove down to, took off and drove down to the bowl game in San Antonio, man. That didn't end the way, you know, we all as Buzz wanted to end. But I know the positive thing I saw was all the smiling faces of all the CU fans out there. And um, I mean, it's a pretty long trip, and I'm walking to the tailgate and seeing all the old people all of ages and all CU fans from everywhere coming out there, and they drove down with their whole families and everything. So it was really great to see that. You're not a jealous guy, but have you seen the Champion Center, and, and how much do you wish you oh, had? Oh, yeah, had man. So honestly, yeah, I mean, I wish we had all that stuff, but I think, honestly, man, that's why I think uh, – Mr. George, man, the AD, you know, you should get a lot of props, man, because getting that done is really just gives Boulder the total package, man. For a lot of times, we're just, Boulder's a great city, man, but you got to have the top stuff, man. Every other school has that, especially in the big conferences. So I think it's going to pay a big deal when they already got one of my Allen guys, uh, Will Sherman, man, he's coming yeah, in. Yeah. Uh, that's my guy, man. I can't wait to see him in a buff uniform and playing. And then, you know, Getting a lot of those other Texas boys, man. You know, you gotta have the you gotta have the prime time stuff to get that to get the prime time talent. So they definitely um, ask that problem out, and any and any recruit that comes to see what they got now, man. I don't know how you you're not happy with it, man, because everything looks great. So now they have the facilities, they have the foundation laid. What do you think, uh, as a former football player? 
this program needs to sustain that success going forward? Really, man, just stable quarterback play. I think Montez got it, man. You just got to keep on developing and keeping that defense strong. No losing the defense, uh, D.C. this year is going to, you know, it's going to shake some things up. But I think they got the foundation and all those guys have been in the program for a while and they know what's expected of them. And you got great coaches like Coach Jeff Cody and everybody else on that staff. They know what they're doing. Um, they know how to get to where all those all those young men want to get. So I think they just got to stay on track, man. Got to keep working. Um, um, I think the offense looks great, especially for the Pac-12. Really attacks defenses, and then uh, guys just got to be uh, conditioned on defense to be able to play and uh, make key stops when they need to. And I think they got the foundation to do that. Which of your former teammates from CU do you still keep in touch with? I mean, really everybody, man. We. Um, Still link up um, a lot of times. Um, we uh, A lot of us was back home for the homecoming that just passed this last season. A whole bunch of us were all together. And even guys that in for, in, came in with me and ended up transferring. Man, we all, a lot of, got, of us keep in touch. Um, I seen Parker Orms the other night. And, and Paul Vigo, man, he's in the military. He just got married. And a lot of guys, man. Derek Webb, man, y'all got to check him out. Webb Star. Is he still um, he's rapping? rapping, man. Okay. He's doing real good. Had a song with Rick Ross and everything, man. Wow, so okay. Y'all definitely got to check uh, Web Sticky out. And, and a whole lot of guys are doing well, man. Everybody I know is doing real well. So I'm just happy that, you know, everybody uh, took what they learned in college and all their experiences and turned them into something positive. Who's the funniest teammate you had at CU? Man, that's a, that's a lot of them, man. I, I can't even I can't even really name that, man. There's too many characters. Uh, <laughs> they were all funny, but I know one of my favorites is Conrad Obi, man. That's one of my favorite guys. So, okay. Sure. You're back in Boulder. When you come back, what are the stops you have to make? Are there any restaurants in town you always have to get to? That's true, man. You always got to go get a heart attack from Savaggio's. And then, <laughs> you know, if you got your... Got your friends with you. I like to bring people off my bus from Texas and stuff. I like to bring them up here and, you know, take them up to half fast or go to downtown uh, Boulder and go somewhere on Pearl or just hang out, man. Boulder's a, a chill city and everybody I bring here, they love it, especially going up baseline and going out to look out um, and doing all that. So I always got to check those things out before I head out. Awesome. Uh any CU fans that might hear this that live out uh, in your area in Texas, uh, how can they support you with uh, Meals by Bonds? I mean, really just follow me on, on my social media. I'm in, like I said, I'm in the beginning stages of everything, but I got a lot of stuff lining up to make it a lot bigger. So I'm just praying that God blesses all that and continues to bless the business. Um, but really just staying optimistic. Stuff is going really well. So just check out Meals by Bonds. It's the same on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you know, you can support that way, and I got some stuff coming out that you will be able to see on that social media as long as you're following it. So uh, just stay tuned, you know, trying to get them right and uh, continue doing something I love to do. If they wanted to email you, you yeah, uh, millsbobonsu at gmail.com. Uh, so you try to keep it simple, man. Just use millsbobonsu. Everything is lowercase, and it's all in one word, no spaces. So millsbobonsu on same on Facebook and and Instagram, and then millsbybonsu at gmail.com uh, to email. So, Awesome. Well, Nate, it was great catching up. Thanks for taking time out. No problem, Adam. Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, go Buffs.